Okay, so welcome to episode number 21 of The Space In Between, and we have a really awesome interview with Cesar Barajas coming up in a moment. There's so much there, but before we get there, Nomadland, there is, wow, we're exploding, you guys. I'm really excited about all that's happening in Nomadland in April and beyond, but before we get there, the wrapping up this month in March, um, March 28th, Thursday, March 28th. I'll be back at Bar, Body, and Soul at 5.30. So would love to see you there. And then I'm going back on Sunday, April 14th. Hold this date, you guys. Four to six. Um, I'm working with Erica Forcell, who you just heard a couple of episodes ago, episode number 19. So go ahead and listen to that. She's going to share her breathwork with Movement 109. So we're collaborating together, bringing these two uh, and oh my gosh, we, we're going to get together in the next week or two and, and practice together and see what happens. But I already know magic is happening and I think you'll want to be there when we do it on April 14th. So hold that date if you're in the Hudson Valley or maybe even come up for the day. Um, if you're in the city, come up. It's so freaking worth it. And then I will be in the city April 18th at Energy in Union Square. And that'll be, I think, like 6 o'clock, 6.30. I'm getting those details together now. I'll have more next week for you. I'm excited about this one, too, because first of all, I'm coming back to the city. So if you're there, come on out April 18th. That's a Thursday night. And I'm collaborating with the novelist and tarot card reader, Margot Berwin. She wrote a beautiful novel. I love it. I highly recommend Hot House Flower and the Nine Plants of Desire. Um, I'm going to have her on a podcast so in the next couple of weeks, so you'll get to learn more about Margot. But she will be with me April 18th at Energy at Union Square. I will be sharing my Movement 109. She'll be doing 10-minute readings for tarot, so if you're interested in both, come on out. And then what also is happening is I've shared a bit with you about Tribe, our nonprofit, which is bringing the tools of yoga to active duty specifically uh, military and we shared a little bit more about that in episode two and also episode seven when i sat down with jessica who's one of the founding members of tribe uh, we're doing our, our first weekend training at west point april 27th and 28th so if you're a yoga teacher if you're active duty if you're a veteran if you're somehow involved in the military community um, you want to share these tools first of all if you want these tools for yourself and understand how can you apply them to a stressful soldier's life if you are a soldier in some way right we're all soldiers in some way but if you want to learn how to specifically integrate these tools into the practice there um this will be the the training for you and again if or if you want to share them with other people right if you're in a position of sharing in terms of being a teacher or an officer you want to implement them into your PT programs, this is the training for you. We're going to talk, a little, talk about how to do it through the physical practice, but practices, but also through mindfulness, meditation, breath work, and the philosophy of yoga. So that's happening April 27th and 28th at West Point. That is up on our website. And then finally, beyond, um, we have two awesome retreats happening. At the end of this year, Belize with Becca Roberts and myself will be back in Belize November 17th through 22nd. There should be more information as this airs uh, up on the website. And then, secret announcement, Bali again in March 2020. I'll be doing two trainings, uh, treat, retreats there, a tr retreat and a Movement 109 training. So earmark that if you're interested in Bali. I'll have more details coming up on our website probably in the next month or so once that's all solidified. So, so much is happening in, uh, in Nomadland. And now let's go talk, explore the path of vulnerability with Caesar. All right. So hi, everybody. Um, I'm here today with the fabulous Caesar. I love that. Fabulous. I'll take that. Thank yeah. You. And I met Caesar. I met you. Um, not formally. I don't think we met in May, but on the, in the Intrepid event for a veterans yoga project. And you spoke 
um, you were a guest teacher and you spoke and you st told a little bit about your story. And everybody I meet through Veterans Yoga Project, I just feel so connected to right away. So that day I thought, oh, that was an interesting person. I loved his story. He's a great person and spirit. And then our paths crossed again in yep. January, um, just this past, a couple of months ago. Mm -hmm. And we did, uh, the Veterans Yoga Project was doing the MSR training. Mm -hmm. And you were there as a guest teacher. And I was there as a student. And, um, and then we got to connect a little bit more. And I got to learn a little bit more about you. And you got to, we got to meet formally. And um, yeah, and I thought, let's do this. The paths aligned. <laughs> the paths aligned, uh, exactly. The Interpret event, again, was to raise awareness for mental health issues, but as a fundraiser for the Veteran Yoga Project, which, as Phoebe mentioned, we can shoot a link out and all that is yeah. to help veterans specifically who suffer from any kind of mental health issues and what we do is teach trauma sensitive yoga and so phoebe is now also congratulations yes. a, <clears throat> excuse me trauma sensitive yoga teacher yeah and added to her already fabulous teacher training <laughs> fabulous is our day word fabulous <laughs> that's the word of the day i'll take it and yeah it was great i got asked in new york city to come in and guest teach because uh, I live and reside here in New York City and was like, I'd love to. Mm -hmm. And so, again, paths crossed. Yeah. You lovingly reminded me that you were at the Intrepid event. Yeah. And I was one person in front of about 350 on a yeah. cold June day. It was It was cold. a very rare cold and rainy it day. Was. <laughs> and you guys braved the weather and yeah. hung out and listened to me sing the anthem, listened yes. to me teach <laughs> a little meditation and then flowed a little bit. So I'm honored to be yeah. here thank you thank so much you. for having me yeah and so um i would love for you to dive in a little bit more about that story because what i heard from that was you're a veteran mm -hmm. and um you shared a bit about your journey of dealing with some issues of ptsd mm -hmm. and um it really spoke to me because i don't know if you have heard a little bit about my story but yes. my father um definitely had dealt with severe ptsd um coming back from vietnam and so i dealt with that you know the repercussions of his own and dealt with my mm -hmm. own as a child and so and then you know had significant others who were dealing with ptsd in the past so i don't know your story just spoke to me about how you were just so vulnerable and being a man and being so open and vulnerable in front of, you know, hundreds of people <laughs> yeah. that day. And uh, it really, it really spoke to me. And I think that's what we need more of these days is just all of us, but sure. specifically men to, um, to come out. So thank you for being so vulnerable. And would you mind sharing a no, little bit more about all. that? Thank you. And thank you for sharing. I had the pleasure of listening to your podcast which you shared a story that you hadn't shared often in regards to your father and getting people to understand that there's a chain effect. It's like a chain reaction. Mm -hmm. So all of us had to deal with something. Mm -hmm. And when people try to itemize it or when people try to add a value to it, we were really making a mistake. Everyone up until the very moment that they're standing here or listening to this right here and now has survived so much. Every single one of us is a survivor. Every single one of us mm -hmm. is a warrior. Every single one of us is what I call soaring. Because, mm -hmm. you know, we don't fuck around with chickens. Chickens <laughs> wait on the ground for people to throw their feet. Yeah. Be the eagle that soars, that kind of thing. But with that being said, um, I'd also just, if you don't mind, lovingly like to ask, if we're going to refer to post-traumatic yeah. stress, yeah. we don't have to deep. Here's why. Yeah. Post-traumatic okay. stress disorder it's got a really negative connotation to it. True. Because what most people may or may not realize, post-traumatic stress is the body's natural reaction. To mm. So there's nothing bad about it. Your body will naturally react to being in a heightened sense. So the heart rate jumps up, the anxiety levels raise, and that's the body's way of protecting you. What we will often have trouble doing is realizing that we have that power and control to go from that heightened fight or flight the rest and digest mm -hmm. and that's why we teach trauma sensitive yoga specifically yeah. to our veterans specifically to people who, who suffer from any kind of trauma induced uh, events yeah. uh, to teach them how to breathe and utilize that breathing system so if anything maybe we can be that platform that starts to share with people Absolutely. we're going to take post-traumatic stress and turn it into post-traumatic growth yeah but like the minute we start to get rid of disorder we're getting rid of that negative connotation all yeah. of us 
yeah. have some sort of post-traumatic stress. You and I both, you used to live in the city, New mm -hmm. York City. I currently live in New York City. Mm -hmm. That's stressful in its own sense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you could live in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, yeah. and you're going to deal with stress. Yeah. It's a part of natural life. But my post-traumatic stress was officially diagnosed post-divorce okay. in 2010. Okay. Um, up until then, believe it or not, I was just an asshole growing up. I, I, I'm open and I'm vulnerable about it only because I like to tell people that if I can share this story mm -hmm. as a straight male, as a veteran, as a, as a Latino, as a Latin man, um, because what we do is we don't speak too often to what kind of cultural ramifications mm -hmm. exist around being a man, being a woman, being a caregiver, being mm -hmm. a mother, a father, a husband, wife, brother, sister, all that stuff. Um, but I was uh, physically abused growing up. And again, it's not something that I think my mother meant to do. But what happened was, is her form of discipline was a very, very specific kind of tough love. Yeah. And there isn't an ounce of hate in my mom's body, but she came from a family of 17. Mm -hmm. wow. She had to deal with, at seven years old, the fourth oldest child, all of a sudden have to become a caregiver. Mm -hmm. become a matriarchal figure so here's my mom as a seven-year-old yeah and that again and just gets passed on not having the tools yeah. no one ever telling her here she is in mexico uh trying to finagle and bring together yeah. and wrangle all these kids as she got older so she became in my mom's side of the family the matriarchal figure so people okay. would then send their kids to her to learn to walk to read mm -hmm. to you know and i learned to read at four years old yeah because i got threatened with the belt Read the words correctly or you're going to get hit. Okay. Whereas on my father's side, you know, the discipline is there, but he would rather sit, chat a little bit of how he'd yeah. rather talk. So again, there's that aspect of going up Latino as well? Latin. My father okay. is Mexican okay. as well. Okay. So mom and dad, you know, uh, my brother and I are first generation Americans. They came from okay. other countries, naturalized citizens here in the U.S. Their whole ideal of raising the boys was education. So yeah. You're going to come here and you're going to go to school. So we did. But then you throw in other things. At 15 years old, I was raped by a 19-year-old camp counselor, mm -hmm. female, and um, that was my first foray into sex. Mm -hmm. So that again, yeah. and here we are amongst the two movements trying to get people to understand everyone is some sort of survivor. So I yeah. share the story because yeah. those incidents, not until years later when I was in therapy did I realize and learn Oh, there. that caused this kind of behavior, that anger, that I was aggressive, that relationship. Yeah. So what would I do anytime I got intimate with anyone? I had to control it. Yeah. You know, and I got to a point where I was a danger to myself, a danger mm -hmm. to my ex-wife. And bless her heart, um, there was an incident between us. And two days later, I came back home. I was living in L.A. at the time. She was gone. Mm. So I credit her bravery mm -hmm. for being able to walk away because how many people stay within that kind of relationship that's yeah. ill-fitting and they just don't leave because they're afraid of the change or they don't have the means or the funds, whatever the reason. Yeah. So that was 2010, and that's when I tell people I woke the fuck up. Okay. So that started me on my path of what I uh, termed emotional sobriety. So okay. I tried to get sober. So before we get onto yeah. that path, uh, let's go back to I have a couple of questions sure, just from sure. that. Ask um, so you were speaking about your the, your relationship with your mom and the reasons why she was how she was with you. Mm -hmm. And you spoke a little bit about your father being a little different. What did that look like? And where where was that from his, his side of the family if there was I'm curious um, to know how that looked different? Thinking back on how my father was raised yeah. It's interesting because my father was the second oldest out of like eight. Okay. But wasn't put in a position where he had to be a caretaker. Okay. He was a caregiver. So he started working. He was 11, 12, because his father passed away when okay. he was 13. So he working to provide money, but wasn't really in charge of like the discipline. Yeah, that. he Whereas wasn't opposed, present. So, I mean, even right now, just it's, it's just dawning on me at this very moment. Mm -hmm. Pops was there to provide, mm -hmm. and my mom was there as a young young child into adolescence, adulthood. The 
multidisciplinarian as well as a caregiver or a caretaker. Yeah, Man, which happens in a lot of families, you know, yeah. that tends to be. But uh, you said something um, here, but also just before we started, too, about how he held it more of a space for you to have a conversation. Sure. And so what did that look like? And I, I remember... <laughs> If my brother and I were playing WWF, yeah. WWF wrestling, <laughs> and I knew if I threw him off of the roof over the shed oh. <laughs> onto like the two mattresses on the ground and he got hurt, yeah. that I would get in trouble. Yeah. I knew that if I played baseball with my brother, and of course I was like, I'm going to pitch. Yeah. You go to bat, and I don't have any control over this ball, and I hit him in the ribcage with the baseball that I was going to get spanked. Okay. But it was done. We knew that if we did something wrong, we were going to get hit. You're like, it oh. would sting. Two spanks. Yeah, okay, that, that okay. Yeah, I'll take that. And then we would just go on. <laughs> you know, and my brother and I are two years apart, so yeah. rambunctious little boys, and we're best friends to Got this it. day. That's great. Whereas if we disappointed my dad, Oof. and he sat you down to yeah. talk to you about it, it just works. Yeah. And I remember one time my father spanked one time in my okay. entire like childhood, and I don't even remember what I did to drive him to that. Yeah. But he <laughs> spanked me and. There's tears in his eyes. So that just went to show yeah. you where the emotional vulnerability came. So what mm. I think, and again, it's just dawning on me now, it translated to me as a young adult being able to openly share the current day here we are. Yeah. Seeing it in my father's eyes, the openness to cry, mm -hmm. the openness to say I'm disappointed in you, the upset in his face as he was like, I didn't want to talk, walking away. Ooh, yeah. Than any kind of like belt to your bottom. Type yeah. Oh man, that just dawned on me. Years okay. of therapy, and that shit just came to realization. Here right you now. go, Phoebe, this, my lovely therapist. The space in between. <laughs> I bring you here. We do some work, and right. life changes. No, yeah. So that that's um, where it came from. Okay. You know? Interesting. And so, so he was more of I can see I can see this clear more clearly now. So he didn't really sit with you and say, "Let's talk about your feelings." No. It was more of of that just showing his own mm -hmm. vulnerability as an example. Sure. And, okay. and he wanted to know why. Yeah. Why did you break the lamp? Yeah. Why did you... I remember one time my brother and I are, were playing catch with rocks. Okay. So we're all like <laughs> however far apart we are and we would oh, throw geez. them as high as we can in the air. Yeah. Okay. It, boys. Yeah. yeah. Girls. Oh, boys. Whatever. Yeah. I'm also from the South, so that's a Southern thing. <laughs> you know, Where here are you we from? are. Texas. Okay. So Southerners. Um... <laughs> And you're outside, <laughs> which is what we don't see a lot of now is kids don't yeah. play outside. Oh, gosh. But uh, I remember one time throwing a rock up, and my neighbor Sean didn't catch it, and it cut Ooh. his head open, and oh, oh hell broke loose. Okay. But my dad was like, why? Why? Yeah. What, what part of any of that? So he wanted cerebrally to, to, to know. Okay. And as an eight, nine, ten-year-old, I'm like, I, I don't know. It just seemed yeah. like fun. That kind of thing. But that, that. But then that voice of the why started to come with you, I guess, throughout your life. Like, did, why am I doing but this? But here's, it, it yeah. didn't dawn on me until this whole post-divorce, post mm -hmm. until I found this path. Because okay. I've been practicing yoga for over 18 years. I found it as a way to rehab an injury. Okay. I'm a professional dancer by trade yeah. as well. I started dancing professionally when I was 15. Yeah. So of the multiple lives I've led, you know, yoga's always been a part of it. Yeah. I've unofficially taught it for over 10 years, officially became certified six years. Okay. But with that being said, I found myself not coming to realizations of why until I found this spiritual path, until mm -hmm. I found this connection with, okay, either clean up your act or you're going you're gonna to die early or you're going to end up hurting somebody. Yeah. And it was, you know, multiple brushes with the law over the years. So mm -hmm. even into adolescence, young adulthood, mm -hmm. Even through my late 30s, I, I never stopped and was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> I just was rageaholic. I just knew I had to be in control. And even today, like I'm still in therapy. Yeah. And my therapist yesterday said, hey, we need to get you more in tune with your aggression because I've hulked out as horribly as I have before. Okay. I'm afraid of being. Yeah. And I had a trigger this week. Someone said to me because I was asking a question, why are you being combative? Yeah. And immediately I was like, I'm just asking a fucking question, but then realize, <laughs> yeah. what does my face look like right now? Am I eyebrows furrowed the way yeah. that they are? Is my, am I speaking? Am I get? Okay. Let me maybe ask 
the question a different way. Yeah. I took literally a physical step back, took a deep breath, and I was like, okay, what about the way I'm asking you is combative to you? Yeah. Well, it seems rather aggressive, and I can't control that. Yeah. Even though in my head, I'm like, I'm just fucking asking a question. <laughs> Somebody else yeah. is reading it. So that's what we don't do enough of is sort of try to feed. Look at the mirror. Look at the mirror. Yeah. What are we doing? How are we being seen? Yeah. That kind of thing. That's so. funny. I just had that conversation with one of my best friends yesterday yeah. about that delivery. And it sounds like in that moment, you weren't even experiencing your own anger. No. It was just more of an external projection a focused right? external yeah. projection and yeah it's like i'm not even feeling this inside yeah. but here it is and you're reading it yeah. and oh now i have it's like you were have worked so deeply it sounds like in your path of working so deeply within yourself but now you're like cleaning up the exterior yeah. just a little bit nail on the head yeah exactly. so i went into therapy that week and was okay. like i feel terrible because she thought i was being mad at her and this is a friend of mine like yeah. i work with her and is a friend and you know, I've never had really any kind of ill feelings. And so then, then the rest of the week to current day now, what does my face look like when I say something? <laughs> it looks very pleasant right, right now, okay, just so ahead. you know. <laughs> so, and it's that. It's like, okay, yeah. just, all right, if I have to ask something, can I do it with a smile? Yeah. <laughs> can I say to the gentleman who bumped me on the train with a pleasantness? Yeah. Hey, bud, would you mind watching where you're stepping or... You know, can't your elbow hit me? That, that just, just trying to get people to become aware, but not doing it aggressively. And we're in New yeah. York, so oh gosh, yeah, people just sort yeah. of bump and it grind you anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. and it's uh, there's so much there. So the th it's great to have friends like that who feel safe enough because she could have very set easily just yeah. like, oh my God, Caesar, what the hell was his deal? And then continued on with her yeah. day and held that right. Yeah. And, but she felt safe enough to have that space with you to say, yeah. hey, what's going on? And then for you to be, you know, mindful enough and self-aware enough to say, oh, let me check myself. So Fabulous. I think that's yeah. really important for us to continue that conversation with our friends. And basically, whether that was spoken or unspoken prior to that, just to be like, hey, you call me out, hold me accountable. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's really really awesome that and, you have and asking that. your community to do that yeah absolutely yeah it's it's a journey it doesn't mm -hmm. it's not just within ourselves and i think that's something that for me on my own journey um i want to get back to your journey but okay. but something that i've realized over the years was i was constantly doing the work doing the work inside and not realizing that it's connection oh gosh, <laughs> but yeah. i mean it is i knew that i knew that but i didn't really know that i thought well let me just work on this first and then i'll figure out how to communicate with other people mm -hmm. and i think that was the huge the biggest key was realizing okay we need to have a safe space with our friends and say hey will you let me know that this is going on and and be able to communicate that with each other because we help each other grow every day um spoken or unspoken we're just here constantly reflecting this absolutely back. I think the best relationships yeah. are rooted in frank and candid honesty. Yeah. Just, you know, communication in its simplest form is just talk to somebody. Absolutely. You know, and what do we do as a society? What do we do as people who have a tendency to assume? Yeah. We have a tendency to create. And I mean, I'm, this is all shit that I'm working on current day. Yeah. I got to get out of my head. Why did I decide that this is what it is? Yeah. And then you find out later it had nothing to do with that. <laughs> And I was yeah. like, oh, shit, I was way off the mark. <laughs> and then it potentially caused a rift or it was yeah. a little bit of a negative ripple effect. And but that's where you change the ripple by, yeah. by holding yourself accountable. Yep. yep, yep, yep. So do you mind if we go back again a no, little no, bit? No, 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 So the other, okay, so, so with your parents, you said your mom was the caretaker disciplining you. Yeah. And then your father, more the caregiver. Mm -hmm. And as starting to ask those questions of why and showing you that um, emotional vulnerability in himself and then you you said also too about how you were raped in uh in summer. uh 15 years like, old it was uh the spring of my freshman year of high school okay and so what did you do with that like what did that I, you look know, like it, it was nuts because up until that point late bloomer um short fat mexican kid growing up not the, I don't believe not that. Not the hunk of beef you see before <laughs> you now. Totally kidding. Uh, but yeah, I, I had a growth spurt leaving eighth grade, going into the summer. Okay. Went from short and fat to sort of 
present height, tall and skinny. All of a sudden, I had a face. All of a sudden, girls were paying attention. Okay. Um, I didn't kiss a girl until I was in the eighth grade. Yeah. So I'd had a girlfriend. Yeah. You know, my freshman year in high school, and it was nothing more than like holding hands. Yeah. Maybe a peck on the cheek, maybe meet in the hallway, maybe some tongue, that kind of thing. <laughs> nothing more. Um, of course, you enter puberty, and of course, I'm fantasizing about this, so mm-hmm. not really knowing what sex is, because there wasn't really a birds and bees talk. Yeah. And then I get to... And I don't mind sharing this um, because I've done a lot of work to be able to sit telling the story. But mm. I was on a roll. I went to an all-academic high school. I played sport at another high school. Okay. So again, well-rounded, yeah. educated, athletic, starting to gain popularity. And that's what kids want. They want mm-hmm. to be popular. Which is why now I, I just try to emphasize to people, do you. Mm-hmm. Don't do you, boo. That's it. Like, mm-hmm. But again... You know, depending on the age and the social groups, yeah, that popularity is, takes a higher precedence than over just owning people. Yeah. So, but here you and I are trying to teach that and share that. Yeah. But I was um, part of this National Hispanic Institute. We got an opportunity to go into Austin, Texas, okay. work with literally our Texas state legislators. So as a freshman, I'm working with our Texas state That's so cool. legislative system, learning the ropes and ins and outs of the Constitution, yada, yada, yada. and it's over a course of a weekend and there's a party and I found, you know, she must've been probably a sophomore in high school. I don't even mm-hmm. fucking remember her name mm-hmm. and found that she over the course of the weekend had been flirtive, flirtatious. And mm-hmm. um, next thing you know, there's the Sunday night party at the end of the weekend and you're dancing and Oh shit. My hips are grinding with hers and the music. I'm like, Oh snap. And your boys are like, Caesar. <laughs> Man, that kind of thing and mm-hmm. she's she asks if i want to go and listen to some music in her room and uh, you know my heart's racing and i'm like yeah no yeah mm-hmm. you don't realize until you get into the room and this is where we don't have enough courage as people and again we've got to be able to say no but then we've got to be able to have if you're on the other end of that no the fucking respect mm-hmm. to not to just stop. Yeah. So if someone says no, yeah. it's no. So how many of these assholes are now coming into light for repeated abuse, men and women? So it was that. It just it got a little too aggressive and um, physically forced me on her, in her. And it just, it was over in a blink of an eye. Um, I'm awkwardly trying to clean up. I'm, and I just, I remember trying to clean up and I, I got to go and I left. And the first person I told was my 13-year-old little brother who was mm. wise beyond his year. Mm. And so it gets even more jacked up because for the next seven months, via letters, this is before tech, cell phone. <laughs> yeah. She led me to believe that she was pregnant. So here I am as a 15-year-old out. Wow. Is there a kid on the way? Do mom and dad didn't know. My brother had to hear with all as a 13-year-old mm-hmm. say, see, it's going to be okay. Don't worry. And that's why to this day, like, yeah. if anything, my brother's got my back. But it was that. And then you find out via a letter six or seven months later that, I made the whole story up. And so then you're just mad. Yeah. And so I spent the rest of my high school, graduated from high school, joined the Navy, left the Navy, well, still in the Navy, went to college, college, grad school, angry. Yeah. You're just angry. You're just mad. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that and being super vulnerable. Um, I think that it's really important for people to hear that on the male side of things because it's really hard you know you obviously know and have heard on the other side like I don't know did you say anything to any other male friends but if you had I'm sure you probably would have gotten high fives I got you know what I got the high fives when I went back right before yeah before and when I got back to the party yeah so you didn't even have to say anything so it's it, there is something about the man, the guy, the boy, actually, you're a boy, boy. Um, boy. having that of, of just having this like um, sense of conquering the woman, right? 
but you were the victim here. And, you know, we don't talk about that enough. And, you know, I've been on the other side of it as a female and what comes with it is a lot of shame. We, I didn't have anger. I had a lot of shame and felt guilty for so long about, oh, I, it was me. It was my decision. So I'm really grateful for you to have been able to share that here and to hear that side of it because I, it's really hard for, I think it is hard for women, especially if they've been in, on that side that you were on. And to say, like, hear a guy go, oh, yeah, really? Uh-huh. Um, so thank you so much for, and I'm hoping that anybody who's hearing this is, you know, whether they're a man or a woman can really, truly honor where you were and, um, and respect that. So thank you. Thank you. Um, so it sounds like you didn't really have a space for it. You, you basically had your brother. He was the only and my one. Brother. Um, but he was younger. Yeah. And you, you know, um, and wow, that the fact that she um, told you this story. Did you, and I'm guessing you never talked to her again. No, I, I again, I don't even remember her name. Her name. Okay. I have zero clue. And then you basically, like you said, head down with anger for years after mm-hmm. and went into the Navy. Is that one of the reasons? Like what brought you to the Navy? I'm curious. Um, school. Okay. So um, psychoanalytically, you may be aware yeah. Those of you guys listening, um, there's a triangle. So people, as a victim, either stay a victim, yeah. or they become a manipulator, mm-hmm. or, or they become like the aggressor. Mm-hmm. And I may be misquoting that, but it's there's a yeah. triad of things personality-wise. Yeah, you happen. choose the so choice. So I, I, the abused became the. Abused. Mm-hmm. So I then, in every single relationship up until that divorce, mm-hmm. was mentally, verbally abusive. Um, mm-hmm. I've never in my life struck a woman, but I've held her, shook her, mm-hmm. scared her, um, and that's ultimately what happened to my ex-wife. Mm-hmm. I was a little too aggressive in pinning her mm-hmm. to a wall, which sucks, like, and, and I'm sorry, and she's listening. You know, I wrote a letter to just try to clear that, but mm-hmm. again, I've, I've not seen her. I've not spoken to her. I have no idea what she is, Yeah. but, you know, I, I'm, I am like sorry um, i wish i'd had the means to be able to explain why i what yeah but it is like you said it's been years of work i mean it took 25 years after the rape mm-hmm. to be able to sit with that thought to be able to say okay if i talk about this mm-hmm. then maybe someone else will get helped yeah because you know we touched upon sort of trying to find a way to redefine masculinity mm-hmm. and we're in the midst of this wonderful me too movements and i think that it's something that is it just needs to gain more ground it needs to be something yeah. that's spoken more openly and freely between men women and the lgbtq community any if you're a fucking human on this planet you gotta have the liberty to be able to share how you feel yeah. and have people as humans respectfully hear you out and not shame you and not tell you that you wore the wrong thing or you know what the fuck mm-hmm. was i supposed to know as a 15 year old boy like, yeah. it wasn't because of what I was wearing. Yeah. But, like, what was going on in her mind? What yeah. set her on that path? It's, oh, it's yeah. that. It's she had a whole her story whole behind thing. hers. Yeah. And what we don't do is find enough connection between ourselves and people to look into someone's face and go, okay, how many millions and millions of instances or experiences have led that person to right here? Mm-hmm. You Phoebes have shared a little bit, and here we are finally getting to sit and chat, but yeah. it's like, Phoebe Miller has lived her life, mm-hmm. and here we are. Yeah. We don't do that. We don't look into people's eyes and take note of how fatigued, yeah. tired, joyful, blissful they are. We just don't. Mm. And that is what I think, again, it just goes back to that plain sense of truth, frank, candid, honest. Yeah. Be truthful, be honest, be open. Yeah. We just, we don't do that. <sighs> We do do that now. We do that. We do. We do. Yeah. And, and, like, yeah. and you and I are going to yeah. sit here and become that, that positive stone thrown into the water. So then yeah. the ripple effects goes exactly. out from us. But it is. We've got, we've got our work cut out for us. We do. As, as humans. As, and we're talking humans on the planet. Not yep. just Americans. Not right. as Europeans. No. Not yeah. like culturally. Like, I mean, geez, Louise, how many cultures still exist on the planet where women can't vote? Women yeah. aren't allowed to drive. Wait, why? Yeah. And don't even get me started on where we are in our current state of government in the United States. Yeah. Socially, civilly, governmentally, racially. Please. I know. 
We do have a lot of work to do, but I do think that where we are, I mean, we don't, I want to keep, keep on your yeah. journey, but I do want to say that um, with what you were saying about the Me Too movement was who we have in the office right now was the Ooh. biggest curse, but yet a blessing <laughs> because look at what it did yeah. is it stirred things up. And I feel like if we had gotten another leader, I'll put into quotes, <laughs> because that wasn't not necessarily quotes, a leader. Guys, air quotes. Yeah, air quotes. Yeah. Um, I think that maybe things would have gone business as usual to a certain extent. And this really has been a rude, a very rude awakening that um, I know for me and my own my own personal journey that it's given me the power, you know, it has seen those hashtag me twos has, um, given us a voice, you know, you and I, a voice to really come out and speak. And I don't know if you spoke with confidence like you are right now prior to that, but I feel that I've been able to speak out more confidently because of that, because of our voices are so strong and in um, the numbers. So, uh, yeah, there is like, some blessing to it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, okay, to go back to your journey, um, so your head was kind of down, a lot of aggression, relationships, you continued on with relationships, but in this really aggressive way, and yes. then you got married, yes. and, and then you had that incident that you said, and, sh- and that's the when she left. She did. And so what did that moment look like for you? Um. If you don't mind there's, sharing. No, not at all. There's, there's a definite sense of panic. Because mm-hmm. up until that point, I was, I was oblivious. Like, because an incident would happen, and I'd apologize. Mm-hmm. And so whether it was with my ex-wife or with a girlfriend or someone I was seeing at the time, and then that cycle repeats. Mm-hmm. So again, it, it, there was nothing there to bring me into the light of awareness. Yeah. Coming back to the apartment and like out of the movies, hangers strewn on the floor, mm-hmm. suitcases are gone, realizing her shit's missing, and then panic sets in. Because, mm-hmm. again, what do I usually do? Hey, try to reach her. Hey, I'm sorry. All right, you know, I fucked up. I'm sorry. I won't do it again. Da-da. And she didn't come back. Mm-hmm. And, and again, the blessing in that curse is that. That was the moment I decided I needed to change. So oddly enough, at the time, I was working for Trader Joe. Mm-hmm. And so as a professional performer, you know, everyone's got that side hustle. So I, and Trader Joe's is a fantastic company. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Trader Joe's. <laughs> Trader Joe's. But Trader Joe's had this employee program. Okay. So even their part-time employees get benefits. Okay. And so I, sitting in the break room one day and just, you know, I'm on that Divorce diet, so I'm not eating. I'm mm-hmm. stressed. I just have to go to work. Mm-hmm. People obviously are like, something's wrong. I see this number, so I called this employee assistance program. And the person that I spoke to as I'm sharing this and their job with the EAP program, employee assistance program, is to then set you up with someone who you can speak to. So they sort of listen. Mm-hmm. Their Let's job is to out. disseminate, figure out where you go. Um, the young lady that I spoke to on the phone, and again, I wish I remembered her name because all credit goes to her, also was a Marine. Mm. But when she found out I was a veteran, so my, my post-traumatic stress isn't combat-related, but then it is. Mm-hmm. So it isn't combat in the sense of I serve. Mm-hmm. Operation Desert Storm, during mm-hmm. Freedom. But we all, again, live within our own combatic ways. Mm-hmm. We all survive the battlefields of our lives. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned to people, my stress isn't related to combat per se in the sense of war. So I explained what happened. She then got me in touch with a gentleman named Steve, who they had credit. He was the first therapist I'd ever spoken to in my life. And he was huge into Reiki and incense and <laughs> Wayne Dyer and Louise Hay and The Secret and Affirmations. Yeah. And I was like, this is a bunch of fucking crap. <laughs> Okay. And it was hilarious. Because you're still angry. Because I'm, yeah. I'm like, what is this doing? Yeah, you're like, fix me. Fix me. Yeah. Just had that conversation this week. <laughs> I said to my therapist, when we get fixed, sometimes it's not going to. Sometimes it's just yeah. ongoing work. Yeah, but it is. That aspect, that journey, my time with that therapist ended. I ended up moving, mm-hmm. finding another therapist. So I got, I got introduced to EMDR, mm-hmm. eye mobilization, desensitization. 
rehabilitation, yeah. rehabilitation to deal with. So again, you just right time, right place. Yeah. If you just trust your journey, trust the universe, you'll be put exactly where you need to be at the right time. Which again, I sound like that bohemian hippie now, not realizing that that's <laughs> we turn what into, I am. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what we I turn was into all what along. we fight yeah. so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 I was yeah. thinking about that for myself today too. Yeah, I mean, I remember vividly an ex calling me a bohemian tree hugger at one point, and I was like, "Yeah, I am. <laughs> I like that." But it was that. So journey-wise, yeah. um, the divorce, her leaving. Just woke me up because here's what yeah. happened. I then became part of what they call Emotions Anonymous. I'm not sure if people are aware of this. Mm. The same precept that guidelines Alcoholics Anonymous, the 12 steps yeah. of recovery. Well, there's Alcoholics Anonymous, yeah. Overeaters Anonymous, Gamblers Anonymous, Sexaholics Anonymous, yeah. Emotional Anonymous. Yeah. Emotional Anonymous. It's a support group of people who are rageaholics. He raised my hand. Yeah. Manic depressives, bipolar, maybe any kind of mental health issue. Yeah. So I used to go into support group and sit in meetings. And it probably took me about three months before I ever uttered a word. But I'd go to these meetings and I'd sit Show there. Every day. They'd come to me and I'd pass, not say a word. And I'm listening to these people's stories. The gentleman at one point, and I was in California still at the time, stood up and he was probably about 60, 65. And with tears in his eyes, talked about how his wife left him, his wife took the downturn for the worst and how miserable and he's like i wish i'd had the gall then mm -hmm. to do what i'm doing now mm. and so at 65 where's your life gone mm. so at the time i think i was probably early 30s and i thought i can't wake up one day like that yeah and so then that, that would have been a whole added. other lifetime yeah. again yeah lifetime. So I didn't want to wake up at 60 and be like, where did my life go? Or continue to be mad. Yeah. Like, I, and fuck, like I still get mad. It's part of who we are as humans. Yeah. But, and what I'm dealing with now on this particular therapeutic path is, okay, I need to be in tune with my aggression. Because according to my therapist, thank you, sir. <laughs> I'm afraid of it. I am. I'm afraid of getting mad. Yeah. So when someone says to me, why are you being combative? I'm like, you have no fucking idea then how hard it is that I'm working to <laughs> yeah. not be mad. But yet here I am raising my I voice, not realizing that my tonality might be lo looked at yeah. as being combative. Yeah. So it's that. It's just ever, ever growing, ever changing. The Sanskrit word for impermanence is anitya, yeah. which I have tattooed in my go. arm. But it's that. It's ever changing. Yeah. And so just realizing that what you feel now is not always going to be there. Mm -hmm. Winds that are blowing this way are going to change fucking direction. Yes. But it's that. Yeah. Oh, I love it. There is so much there. I want to go back. Um, well, I don't want to go back too much, but when you were sharing that story of the day when yes. your ex left you, I just, when you were saying that, I just felt that cycle that you were talking about was your mom. Mm. Like, oh, I'm going to get a spank and it'll be fine. Right. And then, yeah. and then you go back to that cycle, yeah. right? Oh, well, I can jump off the shed or throw my brother off the shed and I'll be fine. Right. It was kind of like you're repeating that cycle. And then yeah. that moment where the utter disappointment that she had in you, you didn't see the tears in her eyes. Like you saw with your father was just the disappearance. So that's what really shifted you. That's just quite interesting to see both of those stories. It's actually to each really other. beautifully put. I've never, I never thought of it that way. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for connecting that. Yeah, that it just it really struck me to hear you say that and to have that experience of your parents too. Kind of um, like I expected, just all right. Yeah, because it's like, oh, okay, I'll get my spanking. You, I'll feel on. bad for a day, and then yeah. I'll move on. And no, you're absolutely right. But yeah, so um, and there was something else juicy there. Oh, the emotional emotion. What is it called? Emotions Emotion, Anonymous. Emotions Anonymous. EA. Okay, and they're I, all over the country. Yeah. Just, Google it. You had said, actually, I sorry, I didn't interrupt you, That's but okay. you had said in uh, VYP that weekend that you were an emotional sobriety. So that yes. was what you were you were speaking. So that's to. when I, I, I okay took the term. I, I love heard it. it one day from someone talk about their emotional sobriety. Yeah. And what we don't do is attach sobriety to non substances. Yeah. Like you can be sober from mm -hmm. bad relationships. You can be sober from oh, yeah. too many cookies. You know, it's that you yeah. can be sober from unhealthy eating. Well, all it's of not it, just drugs, alcohol. Yeah, well, all of that is just the symptom. Yes. You know, and anger is just the symptom. They're all symptoms, and 
what one of my teachers has said is, you know, we're all recovering from oh my gosh, this idea yes. of ourselves. Yep. Just this, this attachment to ourselves is, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I'm, you know, whatever the labels are, we're recovering from that. Mm-hmm. Every day is a recovery. And so I love that there's actual place for that um, with, a, you know, emotion. And oh, my others. gosh, absolutely. That's great. <clears throat> Excuse me. And along the lines of maintaining a sobriety, mm-hmm. you know, there may or may not be time to relapse. Mm-hmm. You may or may not have seen this when your father went into recovery. That kind of yeah. thing. Forgive me for just putting oh, that no. out. But it, a story again that struck me when I yeah. heard it. But it's that. It's it's an up and down wave. It's that ebb and flow. Oh yeah. You know, I I was post divorce. I'm on this path. I'm like, great. I'm I'm a better, newer man. Here's version 7.0 of Caesar. <laughs> right. And yet I went into you go into relationship, the... relationship, mm-hmm. relationship, doing the same shit. Yep. And it might have gotten a little bit, a, yeah, a yeah. little bit lesser, yeah, maybe a little bit more controlled, yeah. But um, on your side, of on things. my side of yeah. things, and and again, still, you've got to be able to respect who your partner is, yeah. And so I'll just quickly fast forward. I moved to New York in January of 2014, okay. And I'm involved with a young lady, and we move in together, and mm-hmm. very similar incident. Mm. You gotta go. Incident after incident, and she yeah. just she got tired. Bless her heart, because again, that bravery to say you got to go. Yeah. So between July of 2015 to current day, mm-hmm. I was in 28 different places. Okay. New York City is about moving. subletting and moving, yeah. but I was also working. So I was on a show contract. There, I was filming TV shows, mm-hmm. doing films. I remember um, that life. Going back home, <laughs> yeah, that that hustle. Yeah. You know, the hustle. there were multiple nights where I'm sleep in Port Authority. Yeah. It's because I don't want to bother another friend to crash on their couch. Yeah. Kind of thing. I'm literally showering at the gyms that I <laughs> teach and coach at. Yeah. You know, one of my gyms has a PT table in the back. Yeah. I go and sleep there. Mm. Get up because I'm teaching a 5.30, 6 o'clock a.m. class. But it's that. Mm-hmm. And I would love to point out my current partner because what happened was is all that happened, all mm-hmm. that shit, sifting through all of that, Again, God damn it, I'm doing the same Here things I am again. again. Yeah. Here I am again. And I met my, my current partner, my love of my life. Mm-hmm. And here's a woman who then became not just a partner and a guide and a mentor, but just someone within her own realm of surviving and her own traumas. Yeah. Someone to relate to. And yeah. again, right time, right place. Yeah. I'm a God fearing man. So, you know, <laughs> I, I was blessed and mm-hmm. I, I often mention to people I'm not lucky to have her. I'm great. Yeah. But Nicole, if you're listening, I love you and thank you. She but, will be listening. You know, so in regards <laughs> to the post-traumatic stress, I yeah. still am triggered. There are many instances yeah. where if someone is aggressively coming at me, I will snap mm-hmm. into that protective mode. And that's, again, what I've just learned about within the last couple of years of therapy mm-hmm. is my anger is a way to protect me. Yeah. Oh, okay. So then I've got to be able to figure out how do I, within a calming confine, still be aggressively able to say no, but safely and not harming the person, not harming myself. And we speak to in BYP, Veteran Yoga Project, being able to bring a hand to the heart, physically trigger Mm -hmm. your parasympathetic nervous system. Mm -hmm. When we teach yoga, we'll often tell people to put a hand to heart. And I don't know if people realize this, that's to bring your body's... Calming into effect, bringing yeah. it back to homeostasis, brings some sort of level yeah. of depression. And it's nice because if I'm getting triggered, mm-hmm. we'll seize them. Mm. And she'll take, well, literally we're on the train and it's crowded. And somebody just elbowed me and someone else stepped on my toe and <laughs> I'm starting to breathe. Steam. And she'll take a hand and she'll put it to my Aww. heart. And it's really just a wonderful thing. But it's nice to have a partner who recognizes that. Yeah. It's nice to have a friend like Phoebe Miller yeah. who recognizes that. Because again, the language that we speak this language that we're speaking now isn't going to be heard by everyone. They yeah. don't understand it. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. So it's our job to continue to speak through to our teachings as nurturers, as edu- educators, as motivators to those who eventually will hear. Because mm-hmm. we may feel like sometimes as yoga teachers that we say the same thing every class, mm-hmm. but it's not. You're being heard and listened to by different people at different mm-hmm. times. And what resonates one day with one person. And what they're person, ready for. And what they're ready for. When the student's yeah. ready, the teacher appears. 
Yeah. Maybe they're in your class every week, every Saturday morning, 10 o'clock. Yeah. They love Phoebe Miller's class. They'll go into flow. Yeah. And it isn't until their third month with you that they finally hear, <laughs> hey, you guys, take a deep breath because yeah. it'll start to calm you. Oh, I feel it now. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> when they're ready, it'll happen. Yeah. It's funny. I have a story I say to my trainees every time about that. You know, it was, I had a student who was in my class for years, in my classes, private training. I saw her probably twice, three times a week for probably five or six years. And I'd always say, draw your lower ribs in, right? Just this one little anatomical, like alignment cue. And she, said to, and I would say it in so many different ways, breathe into your lower back ribs, whatever. And then one day she came up to me and she said, you just said the most amazing thing to me today. I said, what was that? <laughs> what was that, Beth? I said to draw your lower ribs in and I softened my diaphragm and wow. It's like, yeah, I've been saying that to you for <laughs> how many for years? five years. Yeah, and, but that is just like, whether it's your physical body or where you are emotionally, you know, we... It will happen when the time is right. We just continue to sound like that, you know, broken record over and over again and trust that they will hear. And are you familiar with the alchemist? Yes. Oh my gosh. I love the alchemist. Yes. It is the omen. Paying attention to the omen. It is. Yeah. When you're ready, it'll be right there. Oh my gosh. I love that you brought up the alchemist. I have so many connections to the alchemist. Love, 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 love. But it's that. It's being open to. The, to the enlightenment, yep. the sign, being educated. Mm-hmm. It's getting out of my own place of self-ego yeah. to be able to have someone who's a licensed therapist or a fellow yoga teacher or a teacher yeah. teach you. Yeah. And it's, so if we open up to that, oh my God, the, the, the level of knowledgeable expansion increases by tenfold, hundredfold. So true. It's so true. I mean, ugh. Yeah, we just have to continue to show up. Right, yeah, <laughs> so I just say, just continue even, to show yo, up. Even on those days where you're like, yeah. I don't want to. Like, I'm, I'm telling yeah. my 6.30 a.m. class this morning that's showing yeah. up. I was like, you guys, victory number one, you woke up. Yeah. No lie. <laughs> victory number two, you showed up at the gym. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit how many weights you pick up. Yeah. I don't give a damn how fast you move. You're here. Yeah. And then again, think about those. I have a dear, dear friend. Her name's Kelly Chase. If she ever gets to hear this, I want her to know this. Okay. Kelly Chase is an Atlanta-based coach, teacher, life coach, motivator. Okay. Um, what's it called? Uh, motivational speaker. Okay. Beautiful. Love that soul. And she says, and frequently will remind people, do this for someone who can't. What are you doing? Mm. Think about those that may not physically be able to go to a spin mm-hmm. class mm-hmm. or jump to touch the ceiling. Yeah. You know, think about the restrictions that lie on other people. And you get I'm to do I'm coming this. off of healing from an injury, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Walking through New York City on crutches sucks. Oh, yeah. Think about people doing it every day. I had to do that. Think about people that are in, wheel- I mean, in wheelchairs. Yeah. Literally think about those people that can't. Yeah. So the reminder to the class was think about someone who can't. Do it for them. Mm. And remember, you guys, we don't have to. We get to. Yeah. So just you're here. That's Let's do so that. True. But you're right. Showing up. Just show up. Just show up. Yeah. yeah. I love that. <laughs> I do, too. Oh, we have so much. I want to just see if there is anything else. I want to continue on talking to you forever. Oh, more. Maybe we'll do a part two and three. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. I'm (laughs) continuing conversations always with people. I love it. I just, I love being able to sit and connect and hearing people's stories and just, yeah, this is truly an inspiration. And that, you know, when I started doing this to speak with showing up, you know, I thought, do I have anything to say? Does anybody care? (laughs) And, uh, you know, the more that I become vulnerable to and be able to hold this space for myself, but then also get to hold space and share your story and other people's stories, uh, I've gotten so many messages from people saying, thank you, thank you. And uh, that just warms my heart. I'm like, okay, all right, it's it's worth it. You know, it's worth our our journeys. And actually, speaking of journey, Not to go off topic, but I'm sure it's going to bring us back to topic. Yeah. Tell me about Journey, your your journey. Um, I created a fitness platform called The Journey. Yeah. And the Journey. Yes. The, the Journey, where it's yeah. about the journey, not the destination. Mm-hmm. It's the tagline. Yeah. And that's kind um, of what we're talking about right now. what we're talking about. Yeah. It, uh, I had an ex. <laughs> I learned so much from my exes. We do. I had an ex in an argument yeah. in the midst of like the tail end of the relationship, about to break up. And, you know, she's exacerbated with me 
I may have exasperated the situation. <laughs> um, and she goes, you know what your problem is, Caesar? You don't trust the journey. Mm. You just, and she's a holistic healer. She's an acupuncturist. So that mindset, you know, of being on the path, yeah. spirituality, homeopathic healing is already there. And that trust, I don't trust the journey. It's stuck with me. I mean, it, right now it's tattooed on the inside okay. of my right arm. But it's been that. Like, and you'll see it. Anytime I post something on social media, hashtag trust the journey. Yeah. But we just don't do enough of it. We, we're not trusting the journey. Like even when we're in the midst of the chaos and the fanaticism, yeah. we have to understand that that's going to change, but you just you got to trust where you are. Yeah. You know, we're being set up. And I also love to remind people gently and as lovingly as I can, I never lose. Either I'm going to win or I'm going to learn. Mm-hmm. And so if you go into it with that kind of mindset, trusting yeah. the journey. So the journey was created to help just sort of people remind that. And under the journey, I teach TKO the journey which is boxing. Okay. And again, just a grasp on life. And I teach boxing technique, great way to work cool. out, you know, own some fighting skills maybe. Yeah. And I also teach own the journey as in own your journey. Okay. And that's the yoga aspect, okay. which to me is the balance. You've got yeah, the chaos of boxing, mm-hmm. the aggressiveness of punching something. Yeah. And then the other end. So here's maybe whether it's a dynamic flow or a restorative flow. Yeah. Both ends of the spectrum. Got it. And, with the journey, it's available on a wonderful app available yeah. at NeoU and NeoU, which is where we're sitting right where now. We're sitting right now in our in our <laughs> one Amongst of our production studios. Lots of eggs, <laughs> and it's uh, uh, an amazing opportunity for people who have the Android or iPhone or their tab or Apple yeah. TV to be able to take my yoga class from the comfort of their own home, yeah. take my boxing class from the comfort of their garage or at the gym, as long as you're able to just download the classes and. There are 30 other fantastic teachers available. Cool. We have everything from boot camp to hit, the boxing, the yoga, the dance, yeah. Pilates, bar, Movement prenatal care. Soon, yeah, a little bit. Oh, yeah. We're talking about bringing Phoebe Miller in. We need to bring, well, what's the name of your organization movement again? One, oh, movement. my, well, my organization is Nomad. Nomad. But right. my movement class is Movement 109. <gasps> movement 109. I know. We're getting you in Hopefully there. Hopefully, maybe coming soon. Yeah. But it's that. Yeah. And so it's, it. it's an opportunity to from the fitness aspect mm-hmm. or this fitness platform, share the story. Because yeah. I'm just as open in teaching class, whether it's on camera or in a regular brick and mortar class as I am as we are in our interview here. Yeah. Um, again, I don't mind sharing. It's helping me heal, but it's also one of those things where you don't know. Listen, one of my mm-hmm. favorite quotes of all time is that a teacher affects eternity. You never know where the influence stops. Yeah. And it isn't until I get that Instagram message, that Twitter retweet, that direct message to my website, that email that says, hey, thank you, like yeah. you said. Yeah. You don't know. And there are all various other ways that we're oh, not getting man. them back. We're not getting the Twitters, the, you know, oh. and, but they're still out there. Get where yep. It's still continuing on, yep, as yep. you say. So sharing that story, yeah. getting people to realize that your posture and how you carry yourself physically yeah. is a direct relation to your state of mind. Absolutely. You're going to walk into a room and your confidence or lack thereof mm-hmm. is going to introduce itself to the room far sooner than you ever will if you ever utter the word. Absolutely. So it's that. It's like, what can we do to understand that as survivors, as warriors, as soaring eagles, to stand tall? You're still yeah. here. Yeah. My brother owns a gym, plug for him, yes. teamswole.com, T-E-A-M-S-W-O-L-L in Houston, Texas. Okay. 5,000 square foot facility. He's also a professional. Are you from Houston? From Houston. I lived in Houston for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah, in high school. Go um, Astros. Go Rockets. Go Texans. Those are all that. Wait, what team. school did you go to? I went to high the high school? school for health professions. Okay. In the medical center. And then played basketball and baseball for Austin High School. Okay. And we live on the south side. Okay. So Wait, Austin have. or Houston? Austin High School. Oh, okay. In Houston. In Houston. Okay. There's was a like Stephen F. Austin Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. I love that. But yeah, he's, he's also a fitness coach and okay. um, strength and conditioning coach. And he's got his MBA, business cool. owner. He is a professional powerlifting coach. Yeah. So he takes teams of people anywhere from the ages 12 to 60, and they go and compete. And he and his team over the last 10 years have held and hold on to multiple state records. And okay. it's, it's that, but it's yeah. understanding. And so his going into 2019, because he's coming off of a very tumultuous years he was like i'm still standing hmm. and that resonated so deeply with me yeah and again this is my same little brother who at 13 yeah was wise, is helping yeah. guide his older brother yeah. and this is how he's been his entire life you know That's he great. decided one day because he looked at me and he goes you're the only man that i know that does exactly what he wants 
<laughs> Beeps, I've never had a nine to five in my life. Me neither. I've worked all over the place, high five. <laughs> but it's that. I, I do what I need to do to yeah. work and survive. Mm-hmm. And, but corporate, not me. Oof, and he yeah. was working corporate and decided, you know what? I'm tired of this. Yeah. Got passed over for another promotion. Uh, took his severance, opened up his gym. Now so he works every he day from five in the morning till 10 o'clock but at he's night. he's so happy. And he's never been happy. That's awesome. So part of, you know, that tumultuousness is running the business and then getting up every morning and going, okay, I got to show up for these people. I got to show up. Yeah. So to tie it back into that. To show up. Mm-hmm. And so for him this year, it's all about execute. Hashtag still standing. <laughs> Hashtag we still here. We are. And I love telling people that. I'm like, as long as I'm taking breaths in. I'm going to yeah. keep moving and grooving. Yeah. You know, because honestly, death doesn't scare me. I'm, I'm not afraid of it. I've done all sorts of really good things. And I'm in a position now where I'm literally heard internationally. Yeah. Because not only do I work for Neo U, but I also mm-hmm. work for another app called Aptive, A-A-P-T-I-V. Right. And it's all audio-based. But yeah. there I have the opportunity to lead yoga and meditation. And again, you're not really sure what kind of effect you have on people until right. they message you. Yeah. And then they tell you, my husband, who's also a veteran, mm-hmm. was like, F yoga is now <laughs> flowing twice a week because he likes your style or he yeah. likes the movement or realizes what it does to benefit him. I mean, yeah. look where we are as a government and finally recognizing the benefits of yoga on our military veterans. Yes. So what's very exciting for the Veterans Yoga Project is we have all 50 states involved this past yes. year for our Veterans Day Gratitude Week. We had Germany involved. Yes. Uh, all 50 states, uh, the Veterans Administration in California, Southern California now has a full-time yoga teacher, yoga nidra teacher. Awesome. So they benefit them. So it's good. So we're, yeah. again, we're showing up, West raising Point, awareness. Oh my gosh, teaching yes. the cadets. At, at, at West Point. Yeah. And you've got, I just saw your highlight the other day of that lovely young lady who's yeah. in charge of, of the yoga yeah, she's the there. cadet in charge. Yeah, yeah she's awesome. Yeah, she was on the podcast. Yeah. Well, we, we just yeah. aired it last week. So think week. about what kind of benefit we're making <sighs> I know. on these cadets. Mm-hmm. We're then going to get commissioned and yep. enter our military as officers. And we're talking West Point. Yep. We're talking one of the most esteemed institutions in this country, never mind military or yeah. not. Yeah. It's West Point. It is. And these guys are going to go and lead their troops. And we're and bringing again. the tools of yoga yep. to them. It's You and me, Phoebe. Yeah, we are. Yep. I'll do a little, I'll do a little shout out to my tribe. So tribe, yeah. you got to meet Jessica and Amy maybe yep. over and, and Cece was actually there that weekend too. Of uh, So they have now just got their 501. Yeah. Three for, uh, for tribe, the, the active duty for de- spe- specifically for active duty. So we teach resilience, increased balance and endurance. So they're bringing those tools directly to active duty. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So, okay. So I'm so grateful that you're here. Thank you. And is there anything else you want to say? I don't know. You know what? Let's tentatively plan for a part oh, two. Oh yeah. Part two. And where can they find you? You told them about the oh, apps, gosh, but absolutely. just tell them your website. You guys, feel free to hit me up. However, this is my yeah. little, my little tagline when I'm on camera or recording with, but I honestly love hearing from everybody. Um, Shoot me all your questions, concerns, comments, complaints, whatever you want to talk about. I'm an open ear, but I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Cesar F. Barajas, C-E-A-S-A-R-F as in Fernando, B as in Bravo, A-R-A-J-A-S. And I will put that in the notes too. Perfect. And that same spelling, you can go to my website, CesarFBarajas.com. Awesome. Feel free to connect on social media. I'm available on the NeoU app, teaching under the platform called The Journey. Yeah. Available on Aptive. A-A-P-T-I-V, which is all audio-based, and you can Google search them or hit me up, and I'll be happy to send you, like, 30-day subscription for free. Yeah. Check it out. But, again, in New York City, I teach physical classes at the New York Sports Club Lab. Yes. At 16th and 6th, come take class. I teach here at NEOU at 37th and 5th. Everything literally from boot camp to hit, strength training, weight training, uh, yoga, meditation, boxing. <laughs> Again, do it I, all. I'm, I'm, I tell people all the time, <laughs> You're a true I'm, hustler. I'm a master of nothing, but I'm really good at a lot of things. You are. You're really excellent. So You're fabulous said, yes, to I'm bring fabulous. it full circle. I love it. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Caesar. My absolute pleasure. Thank yeah. you, Phoebe, for bringing this kind of, uh, airing this kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Being able to just share yeah. what it is you're doing. So Thank in any you. way, that, shape, or form that I can help to continue to support you. Please let me. Yeah, well, we're going to come back for another one at least. Let's do it. Okay, Let's cool. It. Thank, Thank you. you 
All right, so I hope you enjoyed that episode with Caesar. And I have to give you a little backstory. Um, I had a really fun time talking to Caesar and being able to hear his story, you know, his path to being more vulnerable. And uh, I think that's, first of all, really special and important. I'm grateful that he felt comfortable and safe enough to share a lot with, with me um, and with you. Um, it kind of reminded me of the episode with uh, David Lionheart back at episode five of his, also his story of trauma into triumph, you know, how these men have also moved through this space in between of kind of their old perception of life and then transfer, transforming into um, in a, more of an awakened state. And I think that's really important, whether you're a man or a woman listening to this to just hear, right, we hear so many of these stories of women making this transformation. But I think it's really important also to acknowledge the men, too, because there are a lot of great guys out there doing work. So um, thanks again, Caesar, for sharing. Uh, but <laughs> the funny little story of the backstory that you guys might not have picked up on was we had a really awesome time connecting. We're like in our each other's space, like making great eye contact. And then right at the end, he picks up his phone. <laughs> and starts typing away as I'm talking and talking about tribe. And I'm kind of like, what the hell is this guy doing? Like, we're all connected. And what's he doing? And then he shows me the phone and he's showing me that he has to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so he asked if we could wrap it up. So it, we, it, I don't know if you can tell, but it, it pretty much ends abruptly. And but we have plans to come back and talk again. We're setting up dates for another podcast to share because I think we were just getting to the surface of, of where we wanted to go. But <laughs> I thought that was really funny. I was like, who is this guy? And oh, he's a human being who just needs to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so yeah, so sorry about that, Caesar. Um, yeah, so let us know how that resonated with you, his stories. Let us know how you're doing out there. Um, write in the comments if you're listening to this through social media. Go back and write on our post about how this, this episode resonated with you. If you're visiting our website or you're at one of the, um, the podcast servers you know, and you have an opportunity to write a comment or rate us, please do. This helps so much so that we know that we're bringing content that is, um, you know, enlightening and is it's resonating with you and how can we maybe even improve it uh, so please 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 share it helps us and share with your friends too if you are really digging this share with your peeps um we would greatly love and appreciate that shout out so uh yeah i'll be net back next week and i'll probably have more details on all that awesome stuff that's happening over at nomadland so have a good one <laughs>